Hello, you're listening to Thorny Thoughts. I'm your host, Hawthorne. This is an audio diary documenting my Saturn return, as well as a place to ramble about witchcraft, queerness, farming, whiteness, disability, and a whole lot more. Let us. Alrighty. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of Thorny Thoughts. That's right, seven. We skipped last uh, month's full moon because life was hectic and everything was happening all at once. And I think both Leah and I needed to take a break. So um, yay, my semi-regular co-host Leah is back with me tonight. How are you feeling during this Pisces new moon in Pisces solar season right now? Great question. Thank you for, I'm glad we're back. It was hectic. I am feeling um, pretty solid. I am focusing a lot on the garden and actually Michael has really, my partner, Michael has really turned us towards um, gardening with the moon more. Um, Mm. So it's been interesting to sort of learn that um, pattern and like new moon is tonight. So tomorrow we can start planting more sort of above ground crops. Um, we're not doing a hard, it hard and fast, like, but it's just been kind mm-hmm. of a curious process to learn about that. Um, and yeah, just a lot of like projects, like a lot of like activity, a lot of new starts, um, getting a little miniature CSA going here at our spot. And um, so it feels very new moonish because there's so many seeds where literal, literal seeds are planting and <laughs> also just like life seeds we're planting. Um, and then as for the Pisces energy, I don't know yet where that will go. I tend to think of Pisces as very creative. So I'm hoping that this weekend I have some time to like dive into my novel and some more like, oh, tomorrow I'm doing art with a friend. So nice. that's very, yeah. feels very Pisces new moon. Um, now remind me, do you have any water signs in your big three? I do not. Okay. Yeah. So what, I... what would that change? Um, do you? I do. Well, I have, I'm a Scorpio sun and cancer rising with the Leo moon. So two water and one fire. Oh yeah. Cause you are two, two air and one earth or something like that. We're perfectly balanced. Two, um, er, two earth and one air. Yeah. So yeah, between us, we are perfectly. Balanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know folks say like Pisces season always feels too wishy-washy, but like I feel far more stable now than I did back in Aquarius season. And I feel like that Aquarius season was like everything was up in the air. I did not know what was happening. And that Virgo new moon was like right in the middle of the process of me, or sorry, it was a Virgo full moon. Um, it was like in the middle of me having to really clear my calendar because I had too much crap going on. Um, so I thought that was very appropriate for Virgo. And uh, I got some physical projects done as well, but it was like, you need to sort your calendar out, kid. <laughs> that is very Virgo (laughs) yeah so how about you how is the Pisces new moon for you right now yeah it's uh thank you for asking because I totally skipped that part of the question um (laughs) it's pretty good I feel like I feel like I am definitely doing a little a couple more deep dives in my feelings did some meditation work today which I've been slacking on and I I'm working on starting a new project and I feel like the new moons for the past like four months, I have started a new project or a new job on a new moon every, like it's, I love that that's lined up so well. It's very fun. (laughs) So a lot of that spring renewal energy and oh my God, I'm very jealous of all my Southern friends, like starting their gardens right now. I am, it's warmer. It's warmer in Wisconsin. We got rid of that like subarctic weather where like, I literally, my lizard brain did not believe that summer was going to come. Like that two weeks where it was like sub-zero and like snow packed on the ground. I was like, oh, this is just how it's going to be forever, right? And then I went hiking in the sunshine the other day and I had so much serotonin. I was like high on serotonin. I did not know what to do with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's huge. It's been so nice here. And yeah, I am one of your Southern friends and, uh, um, it is 
pretty epic how lovely it's been. I've had multiple t-shirt days out in the garden. Um, and it makes me giddy. I mean, just totally <laughs> giddy and like, like squirrely. Like when I get a little too giddy, I get squirrely. And I don't even <laughs> totally know what that word means, but I think it's the right word to describe when I get hyper. Um, that's what sounds appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Very like, oh my God, you have to do everything. I'm so excited. And yeah, I'm, I am ready for tank top weather. So. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's, I mean, you're like, you're right on course and look, look at that. Like spring is actually coming. You thought maybe it wouldn't this year and it did like, that's cool. I mean, it could still fake us out. You know, we could still <laughs> go into a, like a 10 year winter at this point because we have thoroughly destroyed the jet stream. And I, that's part of my panic. I'm like, no one knows what's going to happen. Like no one knows how the seasons are going to work anymore. And I hate that so much, but yeah, generally like the sun is returning. Um, so she has fulfilled her part of the bargain, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what sacrifice I owe to her now, but. Yeah. Or it's like, if we all, because we all, so many of us watched Game of Thrones, like our collective imagination has imagined ourselves long winters and maybe that'll just happen. We'll like, we'll like, somehow spiritually bring it about <laughs> if you start saying manifesting i'm sorry you're gonna have to get kicked off the podcast <laughs> if i say it in the context of joking about manifesting game of thrones does that still get me kicked off the podcast i, I will accept ironic manifesting but <laughs> okay. not, we are not allowed to manifest extra irony because that would it's bad it would just we would spiral <laughs> fair enough Fair enough. Uh, I have been saying like this is one of the longest winters in my recent memory, which admittedly I don't have a great memory, but I it felt like (laughs) (laughs) yeah. No, I believe you. I just I don't I've already forgotten what it's like to live up north. So I'm like yeah. My 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 experience of winter has shifted pretty dramatically. Um Still gets cold here for folks who are listening who do not know much about New Mexico weather. It snows in northern New Mexico uh, in the winter. And so there is real cold and real snow um, because, you know, it's mountainous. We're at 6,500 feet where we are. Um, Wow. But chips never go stale. What? It said your chips never go stale. Yeah. Elevation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, never. And yeah, so, but then it gets, um, warmer, faster and, um, and then extremely hot in the summer. So yeah. I've been having this debate with my partner because we've been watching King of the Hill and he's just like, how are there, like, how is there that much grass and trees in Texas? And I'm like, honey, Texas is a big place. Like, it's not just a one giant desert. <laughs> and he's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Uh, I believe it now. I believe anything now. Cause like I moving here, I was like, wait, New Mexico is like, what, you know? Cause I just had no idea. And like where I am, it's very juniper and pinon and red rocks and what you might envision New Mexico to look like. But if I literally drive 15 minutes East on the 76, I'm up, I go up about 3000 feet and suddenly it's just woods, beautiful green um conifer based woodlands and it's gorgeous and so we got it all have you been mushroom hunting up there because that sounds like bolete territory uh no but you should tell me all about it maybe not in this moment so that we can (laughs) do it (laughs) this is a mycology podcast now uh you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) oh oh hawthorne i I looked up your um, profile on the Fair Share CSA um, mm-hmm. website, and my partner and I were like, the Madison Mycology Society, oh my god. Um, yeah, was, baby. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. We should have an episode about mushrooms. And um, yeah, I, I also know Nora. Do you know Nora? She helped. I me. love Nora. Yeah, Nora's the best. And um she I miss her and uh anyway we should like bring her on and do like a mushroom episode I am trying to get some of the mushroom people on like honestly like last um at the full moon when you were not available I was asking all of my friends 
and all of them were too chicken to record themselves live with me. And so this is a call out. You're all cowards and I love you. And yet yeah, now I'm going to have to get someone on to talk about mushrooms because the, the Madison Mycological group is just like an excellent group of humans and I love them to death. And we ended up like being a super, super queer organization just like by chance because mushrooms attract the gays I guess but I, I'm in love with Nora and I'm in love with her dog and I'm in love with or her dogs excuse me and yeah anyway I miss my friends and I'm gushing <laughs> yes yes there should yeah it sounds like there's an episode in the future dedicated to the Madison Mycological Society definitely definitely <laughs> so um my other astrology question for you was going to be um, since we had just come out of the Mercury retrograde at the end of February, I was going to say, how was your retrograde? Did you learn any lessons? But now it's like three weeks out. So I don't know if we even remember what it was like to live in that Mercury retrograde. <laughs> when did it end again? Can you tell me when it sort of? It, it was like around February 20th, I think. I don't have my calendar right now. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Cause okay. Yeah. Well, I will say that it was like, I had the number of times I was like, uh, Mercury is retrograding. Like I had such a classic Mercury retrograde, um, just like technology snafus, like up the wazoo. I was just like the number of times I was like grunting and running into my, um, like main living area to try to like turn off and on my modem to try to make my internet work again. was like mm-hmm. comical. Um, and then, um, I guess it was a little bit out of the retrograde, but there were some lingering effects. Like I was presenting for the, um, I was um, facilitating, co-facilitating a, an action hour phone zap for HR 40, um, mm-hmm. a bill for reparations. And I was like starting the grounding exercise and then my internet completely crashed. Um, and I couldn't use my cell service because as you know, Hawthorne, my cell service completely sucks. And <laughs> so I like ended up calling in and like doing like a by the phone little political education piece. And then my phone died. Um, oh my God. And I couldn't get back on. But so it was like ridiculous. Like I was like, I, that was like, literally I was the most useless person. Um, <laughs> but I and, like technically was right out of retrograde, but I feel like it was, I get, I think retrograde hits me hard. I'm also a little bit of a um, gremlin when it comes to technology. Like I have the ability to break technology with my own like presence. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it it sucks, but it's also amazing. And <laughs> you have to use your powers for good. Let me introduce you to my friend Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I should just walk around Silicon Valley. <laughs> just watch touch everything things. crumble. <laughs> That's actually no. There is like a, a shadow period of the retrograde where it's kind of like retracing its path before it, it starts back on a forward progression. And so that shadow period is about a week or two weeks long. And I feel like that was happening with me as well. Cause like I was being a, a conference volunteer for Moses, which was all virtual this year and like trying to run zoom meetings for you know people who are on three different sides of this gigantic continent it was hilarious oh wow yeah so tell me tell me how was your retrograde tell me more about moses virtual moses oh yeah well virtual moses went pretty smoothly actually and uh it was part of a bigger conference called growing stronger this year um and they actually well they had um von oh my god i can't say her name vandana shiva Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, so they had her on Wednesday night and I did not get to see that keynote, sadly, but I will see if I can listen to the recording. And they also had Chris Newman of Sylvan Aqua Farms and he like kicked butt and his session was about democratizing agriculture and sort of undoing this private ownership structure that we have. And I also got to listen to a great workshop by Corinne Rice and she was talking about uh, land reparations and rematriation and like practical steps and like how to actually do it because people say land back a lot and you know she was sort of walking through the legal structures that are behind some of these options oh but, cool yeah. oh are those available those recordings I would love to see that 
if you if you went to the Moses conference, um, like you'd have to pay the conference admission and they're uh-huh. available to those attendees. But uh-huh. I don't know if they're going to open them up as like, you can buy individual workshop sessions. They may, but I have no clue. I'll have to inquire further. But um, Corinne is on Instagram and Chris Newman is on Instagram. So you can like see these folks' other work in many places. So I highly yeah. recommend following them. I am not a paid sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the, the conference went surprisingly well. I was really worried I was going to be overwhelmed because the rest of my retrograde was like, just reinforcing that message of like, you have too much going on. And usually Mercury retrograde does not hit me as hard as other people because I was born with Mercury retrograde. Um, but it was just like really like pump the brakes. Like I cried a couple of nights because I had too many projects on my calendar. And I'm like, all right, I just have to say goodbye to some of these things. And I have to slow down and I have to schedule break periods and like schedule rest because I'm, there's no division between work and home and volunteering anymore because everything is at home. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, Especially like when you're on, you know, I know you to be someone with vision and someone with like, leadership qualities which we'll get into more later um but um it's hard to slow down when you see that you have a role to play and work to do and yeah and yet it has to happen because like we can't all function you know like the at that high speed that some people do seem to function at and other people can't but try to force it and Mm -hmm. we only got so many spoons and we all have different amounts of spoons Yay, spoon theory. <laughs> Yay, spoon theory. <laughs> well, I, you kind of gave us a nice little segue into our topic of the night, but I want to give you one last chance to, to weigh, on a, weigh in on any um, retrograde lessons you may have learned before we move into that. Oh, yeah. Lessons learned. Um, <laughs> that when technology breaks down, it's a great opportunity to go outside and not be on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Like, oh no, my router's out. Darn, I'll have to go take a hike. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry, work. I can't even tell you what's going on because I don't have internet. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. How about this you? What are your wisdom nuggets from uh, Mercury Retrograde? Yeah, my wisdom nuggets are like treasure your your rest times and grasp them with white knuckles and do not let go of them because rest is precious and like you said we can't we can't all do everything I don't understand those type a people who are constantly going it's if I don't get eight and a half hours of sleep like I'm a monster and I like that is grandpa shit and I fully embrace it Uh uh-oh Hawthorne Oh no, Leah. Okay, I hear you now. Did I lost you for a second there though? What was the last thing you heard? Um, that type A people go, go, go. If I don't get eight and a half hours of sleep, I turn into a monster and then you kind of cut out. Oh, the only thing you missed is that I said that's grandpa shit, but <laughs> I'm okay with it. Well, I feel like whenever I tell like you know, like my mom will always say to me, like be so grateful that you can sleep so much because I sleep a lot, a heavy, heavy sleeper. And I sleep like at least nine hours a night every night if I can help it. And um, and sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. And my mom is like, hold on tight to your sleep because someday it's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, OK. <laughs> I will just keep doing that. I know. Like, my mom was like, I don't know if it's an aging thing or what, but like my parents only sleep like five hours a night sometimes, but I know like I'm hypothyroid. So I tend to be very low energy in the first place. So I hope I don't lose my sleep as I get older. Cause I do. I love my eight to nine hours. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hypothyroid buddies. High five. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I am stuck in low gear. Y'all are just gonna have to exactly. deal with it. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's an odd thing, you know, and maybe someday we'll have a hypothyroid themed podcast. But like for me, um, <laughs> having developing hypothyroid, it came on real fast for me. And 
honestly, like, even though it put me in the low gear kind of forever, I kind of like it because I actually had my anxiety get reduced because of my my depression got deeper, but my anxiety <laughs> kind of reduced. So um, there are some things I'm grateful for about hypothyroidism, as odd as that sounds. That is interesting. Yeah, mine was kind of slow and just congenital. So I have been a continual level of anxious, but it, it is good to just admit that I I live my life in Mosey and I'm okay with that. And it's like how I drive like a grandpa now. Like if you want to pass me, go ahead, but I'm not even <laughs> mad. You know? I'll wave at you cheerfully as you speed on by. Yeah. <laughs> like, have fun. <laughs> I'm going to pull over for a little nap. <laughs> my god my dad literally does that and I make fun of him so like he's just like we'll pull into a, a gas station parking lot and sleep for an hour and then continue his road trip is that is really adorable. sweet my dad does the overnight driving thing which like really blows my mind because I'm so bad at overnight driving like I get so tired it just like it immediately puts me in this like hypnotic state but my dad will like prefer yeah. to take a trip overnight because he likes the quiet highway time so hey you know a shock song I mean, if which choice. is french for to each one's own taste <laughs> i'm sorry I interrupted your french <laughs> <sighs> so yeah i i think we kind of hinted earlier um what i wanted to explore with you tonight is the concept of like what's your role or like how do you work in a group dynamic I feel like this is something that I struggle with because we live in a post-industrial society with not like not very explicit social roles given to people based on their their personalities or their talents like you have to kind of shove yourself into a box that capitalism wants you to be in like you're a teacher because you have a teaching degree, not because you're innately good at teaching or something like that. You know, it's like, I feel like we don't have people mentoring and noticing and pointing out these skills to us as kids, unless we're really, really blessed to have, you know, that sort of close connection with our instructors as, as young folks. But anyway, I'm rambling, but I have like really struggled to know, like, how do I fit into the narrative like how do I fit into other people's uh, mental structures like what role am I playing in the lives of people around me and that fascinating that is such a fascinating prompt and it it immediately brought to mind two different things one is like the closest thing I remember getting to that as a kid or like the society kind of offered for that for me as a child is so far removed. It was basically like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like that was such a thing. What do you want to be when you grow mm -hmm. up? So it was very like individualistic, like what you want, then you become, you will try to become that rather than like the alternate, which is what the other thing I wanted to say, which is my friend Jacob gifted to me this idea of like, what if instead of us deciding like, this is what I want and that's what we do. It's like our community decides for us, like our role based on yeah like kind of what you said your skills your personality your mm. natural tendencies and then just how people sort of see you and see your role and um I thought that was such a almost relieving thing to hear because I was like oh you mean I don't have to decide everything for myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway great prompt uh maybe you could get us going on it sure and I really I like that framing thank you Jacob I may or may not know you um but it yeah it really is sort of that individualistic like self-made person type narrative that capitalism loves to like sell to folks and like it kind of makes me think of the way that like capitalism and all of these weird oppressive systems approach many things like how people approach landscaping is very much control-based and like making nature fit their will when it'd be a lot easier to just let the plants be what they are and that is like something I've been wrestling with internally is like what if you're good enough the way you are like what if you are worthy the way you are you know not that there's not room for growth and learning and self-improvement but I always felt like that what do you want to be when you grow up is 
it's so aspirational and it says like you have to constantly try to be something besides yourself and to fit into these boxes and like I don't know I have a gut reaction to that because I always thought I was going to be a teacher like my mom was a teacher I thought from like the age of eight that I was going to be an art teacher and I went to school for that and I ended up like crashing and burning and figuring out that like being in public schools in that role for 40 let's be honest 50 hours a week was not going to work for me and that plus like finding out that I'm autistic and figuring out that I am non-binary and queer like all of the roles I was handed by my elders and by my community did not fit me and like did not work for me and so I very much am like trying to explore you know this more fluid kinship of like my friend group and how I end up maneuvering in certain circles and I think this this topic came from us speaking a little bit before about like people have started saying they like appreciate hearing my opinion about things and you know they think I make good words when I talk and like I'm a good writer and I'm like continually shocked to hear this sort of thing like oh other people value my contributions and I'm not just shouting into the void which like sometimes I do shout into the void but it's usually kind of funny at least yeah um so how is that you know in considering that and I was reflecting on this too for myself but I'd love to hear from you Hawthorne considering that people are you're getting this energy or that they're saying to you I'm looking to you for your opinion how does that help you figure out your role does it help you figure that out It kind of does. Um, yeah, I kind of like had a cliffhanger there because I have so many ideas around this. It's, it's very nebulous. Um, but also like it, sometimes I study the failed social interactions that I've had and like <laughs> the messy shit and trying to figure out like what's going on because like anybody can have a decent or informed opinion on things. Like I'm not an expert and I'm not even like particularly great at researching or like being, I don't know, well-versed on specific subjects. I just constantly read shit. Um, But something that really comes to me a lot is like, I find myself challenging my own beliefs. I find myself challenging other people's assumptions. And like my partner actually made a joke the other day that like, at first I was kind of offended and now it really fits. And Um, I don't remember what the context was, but he ended up kind of saying like, oh, well, you're the antagonist of the story. You know, you're not always the protagonist. And I was like, shit, I know. He's like, "I, you literally just said I was the bad guy. But he was like, no, I just mean, you're the one that makes the action happen in a lot of situations. And I think about that. And I think about like my um, inclination towards certain imagery around like um oh this is gonna sound so edgy but around like traditional witchcraft and satanic like vibes and I don't know it's, I'm really not trying to sound edgy at all but I do I appreciate the concept of Satan as adversary and as someone who challenges and like tries to provide discomfort as an opportunity for growth and it's not biblical that we're getting into some like weird Western occultism. And again, like not here to be an edge Lord, but all of that to say, like, I, <laughs> if you are handed a role as an outsider, sometimes there's a good way to spin it and make it um, constructive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hearing you say it, I'm like, this is making sense. Cause I, you know, I was saying to you before this, that I too feel like I go to you when I want to bounce ideas. I have a few people in my life who are like, I'm like, they're they're doing the work I trust their opinion like not that I think that like everything you say is right or anything everything I think these other people say is like right or the truth or whatever but that like I trust we're gonna have a really interesting conversation about it and that like um one of the things I appreciate about your brain Hawthorne is that like you do challenge like you you you're doing the work to really like 
peel it back, you know, and like dismantle, take apart and, and see what we can put back together. Um, so like when I'm like, I need someone to, to fucking tell me it like it is right now. Like I'm going to call you up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've, I've heard that from a couple folks and like, sometimes it shocks me and it's just like, well, I appreciate you being so like honest about that. And I'm like, how else am I supposed <laughs> to be? And I don't know if that's just, like, I'm autistic. And also I have given up on a lot of politeness. And like, I, I also live in the Midwest, but I was born in the South. So like, I do not even attempt to navigate this Midwestern politeness crap. Like I just say things and I know people get upset or like I ruffle feathers and I, again, don't try to do it to be edgy, but I'm like, it's so much work to try and sugarcoat things all the time. Like I just gave up. (laughs) (sighs) I like that role. I feel like, um, it's like using the word antagonist is kind of like ironic in this moment because I'm like, I'm so used to that word being used in this other context that it's like, I can't really see you as the full antagonist because I see you doing so much badass <laughs> shit that I'm like, well, if that's the antagonism, then like, I need to change my definition of the antagonist, you know, but I like, but for that reason, I'm like, ah, oh, you're even challenging my notion of antagonism. How cool. That's beautiful. Um, that actually reminds me and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you questions about yourself in just a moment because this is not just the Hawthorne show, but I was doing a, an organizer training and they, they have like this discussion technique. They called it, was it agitational discussion or I don't remember what, but it was like intentionally challenging people's assumptions and intentionally being a little bit agitating to try and get someone to a, an uncomfortable place because that's where growth happens, right? Is at those margins, margins of comfort and discomfort. Um, so I love that. And I think, yeah, like I said, I was offended at first too. And then I was like, well, like, what is the definition of an antagonist? It's just something, someone who's butting up against the protagonist. It's not necessarily like a good versus evil thing, even it's just you know, who's the catalyst for action and who is like responding to Mm, that catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Huh. Hmm. Giving me ideas for my novel. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are uh, certain figures that come to mind when I talk about this as well, but I don't know if I can break my no name dropping (laughs) rule, but I will let you do the name dropping because the last time I name dropped, uh, (laughs) I broke a few things. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I would be curious to see how, how this like vibes with you and if you've gotten any feedback or where you see yourself falling, like in these sort of archetypal roles in social situations. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The question brings up for me, like first, like feelings of almost like sadness and confusion I think because like growing up like I remember um feeling like growing up I was so interested in so many things that I felt this like who am I like what's my role like when someone said like what are you going to be when you grow up I'd be like everything you know like I just want to do it all um Mm -hmm. and then I remember in college like this memory of um a person who I was friends with like going around this friend group and being like in when I like, like kind of like essentializing everyone, they like, but like in a flattering way, like when I think of you, you're like this, when I think of you, you're like that. And like, she got to me and she was like, I don't even know. And I was like, oh, like, geez. Um, so there's like that little trigger somewhere in the back too, of like, I don't have a role, which I know is false, but like, there's something in it that is a little challenging for me. Um, and then when I flash forward to now, like, I think um, I have, like, I used to be more antagonizing growing up, um, but I knew a lot less then. So, like, my antagonism wasn't as cool as your antagonism, Hawthorne. It was, like, flailing, kind <laughs> of sassy, flailing version. Uh, and um, I've definitely become softer in my old age. Um, but I... 
Yeah, it's my my role seems to shift a lot from group to group. Like there are spaces in which I feel that I'm called into like speaking more and speaking my mind and other ones where I honestly like I have groups I sit in where I'm like quiet the whole time and I I feel a little uncomfortable when I play the quiet role. Um like I don't think that's my natural space, but it does happen to me sometimes. Um and so yeah, I <laughs> I'm trying to find a better answer for you. Um, <laughs> That's, I mean, I can tell you okay. how I feel about you. Thank you. Let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Leah, I've I've challenged you too hard tonight. Um, I mean, I I will say first of all, I used to be much more blunt and not not helpful in my antagonism so I really identify with sassy flailing like I was way too edgy and way too like yelly in college (laughs) and I really toned it down so I can be able to like pinpoint like what's the question I need to ask here but I kind of appreciate your answer because when I was thinking of like how would I answer for Leah like I do get kind of more airy vibes but it's not in a bad way it's like I don't see you as wishy-washy or like as if you don't actually have a, a role. Honestly, it in my conversations with you as well, it's, you know, you're really good at that facilitation and sort of guiding. Like you are really good at translating my sassy, bitchy, angry words into something that might be more palatable for, you know, a mainstream audience who has not spent 10 billion years researching, you know, sustainable agriculture or whatever it is um so I think like that facilitation and that being able to nurture and guide in uh in a more like like you're able to sort of step away and see bigger pictures and sort of nudge in ways that I'm not subtle enough to do (laughs) I have a sledgehammer yeah and maybe this is one reason our dynamic works really well you know like I think um yeah like when I've thought about like for myself like what role do I think I play like the image that comes to mind is me like making tea like a hot cup of tea for someone and like sitting down and like talking (laughs) I love that I love that because that is what we do like that is our relationship is just having these fantastic conversations for literally hours so that is spot on and um (laughs) And I think that's like one reason it's it's hard for me to pin down because I'm like, yeah, is that that's sort of like a nurturer role or facilitation, like some of the words you said, you know, yeah, and that that kind of role can be confusing or confused, I think, by a capitalist society where it's more about like, I feel like I try to make containers and spaces, you know, and that's the kind of that's not very productive. <laughs> In the capitalist sense of that's the exact phrase. Sorry, I totally interrupted, but that that's the exact phrase that I was thinking. I was like, "You are creating containers for these important right. conversations." Yeah, and I, I like that, and I and I don't mind it because, like, I think I feel comfortable in spaces where I can where I can do that, and um, yeah, and it's it's funny because it's like I, if someone asking little kid Leah like what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, no, I was, I was nowhere able to even consider like, I want to create containers of love and peace <laughs> and nurturing. It's like, what? <laughs> I no, I was like, I want to be a vet. I want to be a interior designer. Um, just like there wasn't a lot of <laughs> roles I was seeing around me that I could have reflected and been like, Oh, that works for me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also like, we don't really get told what we're good at, like outside of very specific academic stuff. So like, like it's normal enough to tell a kid like, oh, you're good at drawing or you're good at soccer or you're good at English class. But like, how do you, you know, I don't see anyone telling like nine-year-olds, you're really good at settling arguments between your friends or like you're great at creating an environment that makes people feel comfortable. Like we don't get this feedback and that's, one of the beautiful things about like stepping into some more queer spaces and some 
some, not all, but um, some pretty rad organizer spaces is that you do tend to get that feedback. And like, I love it. I love that culture of telling your friends what you like about them. Please, please do that more. I'm so insecure. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Me too. Let's, let's all just do that more. (laughs) Compliment your friends, 2021. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just I I'm sorry, like go this because <laughs> what like I think it's just so much more powerful to imagine all of us stepping into roles more intentionally that we naturally gravitate towards and that we enjoy um, rather than trying to force mm. all of these other roles on ourselves um, and and it and it becomes less triggering like when I look back and think about how hurt I was that you know, people couldn't, this one person couldn't figure out what I was good at. It's like, you know, or when my little kid self was like, what am I supposed to be doing in this world? Like, it's just like, you want to just go hug those little versions of yourself and be like, no, like, this is special. Like, we need you too. like, and this is a part of this as well. Like all of these roles matter because it's like that vibrancy there's so much uh, vibrancy. I don't even know if that's a word, but like when all these different, like all these different personalities come together and work together. Yeah. I love that. And also like, this is a lesson I've had to beat into my own head. Like your passion and what like your social role, like what you're meant to do does not have to be your day job. Like I have tried to make that work so many times and like it always ends in me burning out or getting tired of doing the thing that I'm supposed to love and it's like uh trying to divorce that is really vital and just say like you know what you are a great nurturer it does not mean you have to like <laughs> work in childcare and burn yourself out you know like just be a great nurturer and keep your job as a secretary or whatever and you know <laughs> it can be two parts of your life and you don't have to shove your sole purpose yeah, into capitalism. Yeah, I I taught daycare for a while. It was really tiring. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you get a lot of yeah, cardio chasing you do, toddlers. You do things. and dry hands because you wash your hands so much, changing all those diapers. Oh god, oh, they're so <laughs> sticky too. Why are they so sticky? Um, yeah, it's true. You know, it's, I occasionally get to facilitate. I I do get to facilitate. Um, quite a bit in my job actually now that I'm thinking about it but still it's a lot of admin stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah I just I like I it's more important to me that like my friends my family my like neighbors my community knows me as someone that they can go to um for conversation and for warmth and for food than that my jobby job knows that about me I'm I'm kind of cool with having like secret lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that and I've been that's something I've been working on too is just like building these community connections and these like informal networks. because uh, my ass wants to codify everything and make a spreadsheet about it cuz I'm a dork. Um but just really working on like making more neighbors and having folks you know, like I have really stepped away from doing tarot reading and garden design as a way to make money. But like I I offer it to my friends as like a birthday present or like, oh, yeah, I'll take a peek at your garden because I find joy doing these things and I don't want to have to yeah. try and hustle yeah. to make money off of them. Yeah, it's something that, you know, I was telling you earlier, Hawthorne, that uh, my partner Michael and I with this little CSA, like we're not actually sure yet that we want to sell food as an actual job we're like experimenting with it this summer with five csa members hopefully if we can get that many um and uh see how we like it mm-hmm. but yeah like i don't want gardening to lose its magic like i don't i don't want us to feel suddenly like yeah. oh oh shoot we need to grow like you know a hundred rows of potatoes to make this work or whatever um and so it's just it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to you know see how we can fit money into it and if we can while still holding the integrity yeah I think that's a really good way to approach it like when you when you said that I thought about like I took a a short course on organic vegetable growing 
And I always like to joke, like I came away from that class and I had learned one thing and it's that I do not want to be a CSA farmer because the number crunching was absolutely bonkers. And I was like, I, I just like growing plants and I don't want it to be this stressful, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. glad I learned it's that. Interesting sometimes like just, I'm, I'm taking this holistic management course and there's someone there who was a vegetable farmer for decades um, and they're transitioning away from that. And they were like, they were like so relieved. They were like, oh, I'm never going back to that. <laughs> um, and like, uh, yeah, it, it can be a, a daily grind. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We're going to dip our toes. And, you know, my, my partner is really good at um, like dedicating. Like I could see that he might have the desire to do it. I mean, he's not saying that like he wants to sell food, but like he has the personality type where he could do it all the time. Um, and I am a little different. I mm. just like, my needs are a little different. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we could make it work as a couple, but I know as myself, as an individual, like it's too much work. <laughs> oh yeah. And that like, no shame in admitting that. Like, I, I think it's just a good piece of personal honesty. Like I now know. I cannot work a full-time job on a veggie farm. I just do not have the constitution for it. And like, also I, I am that sort of like wishy-washy creative type where I need to be able to like switch projects every three months or I will just get stir crazy and like, yeah, quit. I'm like my wishy-washy creativity is like, is like almost like within the day. Like I'm like, I want like a, enough freeness <laughs> that I can like pivot and be like, I actually just want to go take a mm -hmm. bath or something. And like, or like, I kind of want to just like collage. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, that is something that mm -hmm. feels really important to me is like having time for creativity. Yeah. That's something I need to schedule. I have been missing the art in my life and it's really hard to fit that in with a desk job but I wanted to ask you if you had noticed um any like astrological parallels to what you feel like your role is and I know part of the reason I love having you on this podcast is that you have just been through your Saturn return and I don't know if that illuminated anything else for you as far as how you know how these archetypes work for you That's and where you fit in these question. structures um yeah you know I think that um when growing up and like te my teen years into my maybe mid-20s or early 20s I really felt like I was a fiery creature like a very like big uh presence and that I had a big role to play in this world um and, uh, and I was louder. I was in some ways more confident in other ways, much more insecure. Um, and, uh, yeah. And just like a little flashier, I, I guess. And it was a fun time. And it was also a messy time. And, um, something that my pre Saturn returns brought me and then my Saturn returns, like hammered it all home was like well I got that's when I got sick with hypothyroidism was um right I think it was right in the beginning of my Saturn returns um and I it limited everything that I could do I mean I was in bed for months so basically all I did for three months was like um lie in bed and sleep and then I would go on short walks and I would mm -hmm. write in my journal or just read my old old journals <laughs> which I had not really done. I've been journaling for a long time. So I uh, finally like read old journals and organized them and stuff. And, um, and uh, it was really revealing for me and really illuminating, like just how simple life can be. Like when I'm sort of worn down to nothing, what will I do with my time? What's important to me? Um, and yeah, it was like writing, reading, um, being with people I love. Um, and, and yeah, and I, and my, and even though my numbers technically around my thyroid hormones are normal, um, I've never returned to the energy level from before that time. And I, I do a lot less. I, um, 
and I feel just more calm, more tired, uh, and, um, less loud. And I think that I have appreciated that shift and it's been a little surprising. I mean, there was, there was some grieving in there of like, Oh, I thought I was this big fireball. Um, but I'm like more like this sort of warm bath. <laughs> and <Aww. laughs> I love that. And like that's that's actually okay. And actually it's kind of relieving to like figure out who I actually am rather than kind of trying to fit something that maybe was unconsciously, I think, forced. Um and uh and then <laughs> astrologically I'm a Libra sun with a Virgo rising and a Taurus moon. Um, and I think that like my earthy mm-hmm. side, um, has come in strong and kind of my Saturn returns kind of brought the earth hard, um, and has calmed down yeah. that airiness. So now my Libra is more able to kind of be like a, a spacious quality rather than like a, a flaky quality, which I used to have, um, a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, that's what <laughs> that is beautiful. Um, have you ever have you watched uh, Avatar um, The Last Poco, Airbender? But not much, okay? So maybe this will be for my listeners. But when you said I went from like being super fiery to a warm bath, I was like, that is just Uncle Eero vibes, like. I feel like a, there's a silly, like a cliche in there. Like, well, you have to, you have to have a really big flame to boil the tea kettle, but then you have a nice hot cup of tea. Oh, I love that. That is so good. You're welcome. Oh, That's great. Um, <laughs> that makes me warm and fuzzy. I don't know that character, but I'm definitely going to go give them a Google oh. after that. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a great show. Uh, we stand Avatar The Last Airbender <laughs> in this house. But I feel like I really vibe with that. And my Saturn return is not, is nowhere near over. But like in the last few years, I have really felt kind of a similar shift. And now I'm like, it's really funny to me. Like I thought <laughs> I was an adult when I was 23. And I am now firmly, I'm now firmly in the camp of you are not an adult until you've had your Saturn return or you're like 30 or something. Um, cause yeah, I used to like, I'm a Scorpio sun, cancer rising Leo moon. So I, I used to be so edgy and I used to be really like loud and sarcastic and honestly just mean sometimes. And I was leaning really hard into that, like mean goth kid, Scorpio vibe. Like this was also like me leaning into my compensatory, like femininity. That's <laughs> a lot of words. I'm so sorry, but like there was the black lace was covering up the body dysphoria is one way to say that um but yeah like I was I was the mean big titty goth gf and like I I think I had friends actually make jokes about like oh the Scorpio's tail is really stinging today you know and just like shit like that and I I found like my Saturn return started last year and like at that time I was asked to write an article for auto straddle about queer farmers. And I was like, Oh, like people want to hear my voice and like people actually care what I have to say. And like, not, I don't have to be edgy to like be relevant to people. And I, I have really felt that Leo moon come out more and like lean into that sort of not necessarily like I want to be in the spotlight all the time, but like being able to step into the spotlight when it's necessary. Um, and I love that, like that whole warm bath imagery is so Taurus moon. It is like, so <laughs> that's such a vibe. Um, so I like, like, I like that the moons are kind of coming out and like, as we, as we mature and ripen a little bit, uh, the, the solar energy, you know, takes a step back, but I mean, it really like that. What is maturing besides mellowing out a little bit? Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see where the rest of my Saturn return takes me because I feel like I'm balancing some opposing forces sometimes, and it's interesting to to see where that middle ground comes. I'm out interested at. to see where. <laughs> 
takes as well. And I, it's interesting. <laughs> I never thought of it as a pattern for folks of like their moon coming out more um, over time, but it does make sense. You know, I once heard the three, like the trifecta of sun, moon, and rising be described as like sun is what you want. Moon is what you need. And the rising is how you get there. Um, and so like thinking about mm-hmm. like moving from a, what you want kind of quality to a, what you need kind of quality makes a lot of sense. Um, when like, when you've been <laughs> ground down by life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, Oh, what actually brings me joy? You know, who am I when <laughs> I don't have it? Like have this feeling of having the world at my fingertips anymore. Um, and uh, yeah. So I, I'll be very curious to see the unfolding for you. <laughs> yeah I'm, I don't know I'm kind of nervous because I have and I may be jinxing myself by saying this I have about two more years left of this Saturn return but like I have heard a couple of stories where like people's Saturn returns really were like them hitting a brick wall or hitting rock bottom and having to rebuild themselves and you know for me like that already happened like that happened nine years ago and I have been rebuilding myself for quite a while. And now I'm curious, like, am I going to hit another wall or is it more of like things really coalescing and all of these different paths, you know, like, what am I trying to say? Like, I feel like I have a lot of different paths in front of me and I'm hoping that I get it to where it's narrowed down to one or two, you know, instead of like (laughs) always having to feel like, Oh, I have so many options and I don't know which one to take. And it, you know, finding some more clarity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Oh, shit. I had something really brilliant to say to that, but I forgot it. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I promise it was genius. It was poetry. Just trust me. Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, then I'll um, make sense. And yeah, like the hypothyroidism was my wall, but like, I imagine if you had had, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, now you all, now you all have to judge whether or not it's brilliant. Um, but uh, it made me think of the tower card. Um, like, mm. I heard this episode of um, Not Between the Worlds. It was the, it had a name that was different before Between the Worlds. Um, Sarah Faith Goddessiner and Amanda Yates Garcia did this podcast. On tarot, anyway, they did one on the tower, and I remember them saying in it, the tower, like, if you don't prepare for it, like, it will, you'll crumble. I mean, it'll just take you down, but you can do things to help yourself, like, so that when it's time to dismantle old structures, you can kind of help take it down brick by brick rather than just, like, falling totally apart, Um And so anyway, when you were speaking, it made me think, oh, maybe like that experience from nine years ago is giving you some ability to kind of take your own tower down brick by brick rather than having to um, crumble. Because like for me, like I hadn't really had that brick wall um, until my Saturn returns. Um, So it was just like, well, I'm down for the count. Um, But yeah, I could imagine that they could go quite differently but like either way the structures will be dismantled so that they can be rebuilt is my thought Mm -hmm. no I like that and I think that makes sense yeah I'm trying to think of I don't remember if I did a reading like at the beginning of my Saturn return I'm sure there's a photo of it on my phone somewhere if I did but like the I have been getting like much more like hanged man or maybe sometimes death vibes lately and it really like it is about letting go and changing perspective but it doesn't feel as catastrophic as I thought it was going to which is very surprising and I know I've mentioned this to you before um and I have promised to make a podcast episode about it but like it would come with like 12 trigger warnings but I feel like you know when I hit that wall nine years ago I really like that was my underworld journey and like it I mean I had to revisit that journey about four years ago as well so like it was an ongoing process it was a long lesson that I did not learn right away and now I feel like I'm at a point where I can 
share those tidbits that I learned with other people um, as I scrappled through the underworld <laughs> and found my way back. But yeah, so I'm very much like, you know, what else am I going to let go? Like what is going to shift in these upcoming years, which I don't know. My material reality is definitely poised to change, but I can't tell which way it's going to go oh, right that's now interesting. yet. So. <laughs> yeah. Your framing of it actually jogged like something for me. Cause even though I didn't hit a wall really until my Saturn returns, I have, I did have a really hard underworld journey when I was like 24 and 25. Um, and uh, it was just so different in flavor that I, it was so hard um, in a way it was harder and it was harder than my Saturn returns because in my Saturn returns, I just got really sick and I didn't have the energy to care about that. Very Like I didn't have the energy to care that I was sick. Really. I was just kind of disappeared from the world. Um, so it's just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would, it would be interesting to have like an underworld journey episode. Um, but yeah, it would come with like a zillion billion trigger warnings. So um, <laughs> yeah. we shall see on that one um but yeah it like it yeah. kind of makes me think like there are lots of ways that boundaries and like that um that are just like that we can be limited by saturn um that can have all sorts of flavors mm -hmm. like because like it doesn't have to be super hard like yeah like mine was absolutely changed my life and limited me but it like didn't feel like terrible um yeah that's kind of what I was thinking is like I mean that Saturn's whole thing is boundaries and limitations and you know like it sounds like with with your illness you don't like you didn't really have a choice like you, there's no way to fight back against that it was just something you had to go through and something that like there was a lesson for you obviously but it was just like okay this is where the boundary is and so you know, if you're ready for those boundaries and if you're willing to negotiate with them, you know, much like in an interpersonal relationship, I used to, I used to take people setting boundaries with me as like a rejection and like a personal affront. And now, you know, I realize like, oh, this is a healthy thing and it helps both of us to, you know, to get to a better place. So it's like, maybe if you're in a, in a good place and ready to work with those boundaries and limitations, it can be more constructive like the I like that tower analogy you can you can take those bricks yeah. out and build something new whoa I love that like thinking of it as like an interpersonal relationship it's like your interpersonal relationship with like life and the cosmos you know and I think that's really a cool way to think about it like if life sets boundaries like we can't fight that, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't fight your partner when they set a boundary, you know, it's like, you got to respect boundaries. And even, even when they're hard and there's mm. so much beauty and discovery in it. I love that. Oh, geez. I mean, sometimes with Saturn, it is like punish me, sky <laughs> daddy, but, um, <laughs> but usually, you know, you can, you can That's work with hilarious. these things. <laughs> I'm so Mom, sorry. Out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Boring. I like don't think I ever thought those words in my head, but they're definitely going to occur to me now <laughs> uh, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've given you that phrase. And we were having such a nice and gentle, intimate moment. And then I had to <laughs> meme about it. Oh. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> well, well, I think we're coming up to just about our time. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up this lovely conversation? I feel like I learned some things here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a great time. I learned some things. <laughs> And yeah, that's, <laughs> I appreciate every, everyone who's listening. Thank you for being on this ever rambling journey with us. And uh, thanks, Hawthorne. I love our rambles so very much. Um, and I just, I hope that you feel seen and appreciated. And uh, 
yeah you have a role and we love you <laughs> thank you Hawthorne and yeah you do too and it's a boss role so thank you for doing it um and yeah compliment your friends 2021 yeah. compliment your friends all right before we go uh give you some astrology tidbits um coming up on the 20th we have we're moving from solar Pisces season to solar Aries season. And we also have the spring equinox. I know, I can't believe it. Spring is Woo! actually for real happening. Um, light some shit on fire, pray to the old gods, murder your landlord, you know, all of the happy springtime things. <sighs> and then I think our next, let me double check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I paused for way nah, too long. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so our next full moon is a Libra Ooh. full moon. So time for some some good indulgence vibes and uh, enjoying some beautiful things around you and uh, finding some balance and some expansiveness in that airy vibe. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm learning to appreciate Libra. Well, I would you certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for putting in the work on that. <laughs> otherwise, you know, who knows what would happen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Leah. Um, thank you, gentle listeners. I will see y'all in a few weeks. Bye. Good night. <laughs>